Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, 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 ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, ma, ja, ma, ja, ma. Ja, ma, ja, 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 ma, 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 ja, ja, Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined as always by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. Uh, we watched a bunch of movies. Not as much as, like, last time, but... I felt like we watched a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll kick us off by talking about a movie I already talked about. So this will be a short one. Yeah. Um, this episode is going to be really long, but it's going to be a short segment. Is this going to be a long episode? I'm saying that it's going to be a long so that it won't be. Okay. <clears throat> Anyway, Sonic 2, I already talked about it. Go to exportaudio slash exportaudio, or just go to exportaudio.io. Um, Nora and I talked about that movie already on export, and it was all right. F for stairs. That's yeah. about all I'm going to say here. Sounded like it was better than the first one. Yeah, <clears throat> more of what I wanted than the first one. Still, yeah. like, the best Sonic movie could be a passable kids movie. Yeah. Where like Tails is cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that they got the other characters in it. Cause I just don't understand yeah. Sonic movie where it's just <clears throat> like, I don't know why Hollywood has to do this. I don't know why the gems in the holograms movie didn't have pizzazz. I know yeah. I bring this movie up all the time, but I just love Gem in the hollow, like gem the show. Yeah. And was disappointed that we didn't get catch up pizzazz and like the misfits. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Of it's the whole thing yeah. of Sonic and yeah, Gem and Sonic is you got all your buds yeah. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> I guess I will move on. Um, I decided to keep watching some musicals. Here you go again. Yeah, <laughs> and I watched the first Mamma Mia, not uh-huh. the not the sequel called Mamma Mia. Here we go again. <laughs> I didn't know the sequel was called that. It's good. Um, it was it was fun. That means my mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a fun little jukebox musical. It was yeah. nice. Um, I know that M is like ride or die for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that was like pretty good for what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just like, it's basically your kind of standard Hallmark, uh, like romance film. Yeah. You know? I like uh, those. But like elevated a little bit. There's a lot of like famous people in it, like uh-huh. big actors at the time. <clears throat> um, and they're doing ABBA songs. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, and so I was going to go in and I was going to rate it four. Because that's my, like, you basically did the thing. Yeah. Like, as well as you could do, even if it didn't really resonate with me. 
And then I saw that M, who's ride or die for this movie, also rated it four stars. And I was like, I don't love it how M loves it. So I guess I have to do three and a half. I might bump it up to four, but I don't love it how M loves it. <clears throat> but um, it was it was funny how like turbo targeted this movie is to being a movie that like middle-aged cis white ladies watch with their daughters who they still call every night. Absolutely. Because the whole premise of... Are you familiar at all with this movie? Loosely. Yeah, the whole premise is like... Uh, the It's a single mom. The daughter's getting married. The daughter wants her father to walk her down the aisle, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but they, have but they don't know who it is. Oh, Because she was right. just like having lots of sex at the time. Right. Um, that was it. Yeah. Uh, and so... There's three guys that the daughter thinks must it must be one of them, mm. and that she just doesn't like want to talk about the circumstances. So she invite, invites all three, hoping that having them there, she'll figure out which one it was that was her dad. And it turns out that the mom just also doesn't know. She's just having a lot of sex on a summer vacation to Greece. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't necessarily know which one was the dad then. Yeah. Um. But, and then there's just, like, the, doesn't even fully make sense for, like, logical reasons, but just makes sense within the trope of these plots. Like, the big thing that happens at the wedding and all, uh, you know, it's just all there. Yeah. Um, And it's just really elevated by it being, like, Meryl Streep. Right. As the mom. She's great. Yeah. <clears throat> and them singing Ava songs, which are just great. They're They're good, <laughs> fun pop songs. Yeah. You Love Abba. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I came in at the most from, I think there's like the, the diagram, the Venn diagram of people who like this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's the, like the core, which is that like mom and daughter duo. Uh huh. But then there's like the little intersections where you get like M and then the part where I'm coming in, which I think has yeah. some overlap with M is that I'm just a Eurovision gay. And so I've <laughs> like watched Eurovision for, before people in the U.S. are really watching it because Emily was just really into it. And it's just a thing Emily likes. Um, uh-huh. And Abba's all over Eurovision even now because people still fucking talk about them. Oh, sure. One of the biggest like hits. To, I think they may have won multiple times. Um, and like they were a good band, but like Eurovision helped launch them more. Huh. So, um, Yeah. It was fun. I'm positive there are stairs because it's like she, the island is really important to her. So she like has this little tiny hotel on the island where she took this summer trip. The mom does. Um, And it's all set there. And it's kind of just like an old rundown hotel. But that's just like on the side of, a, you know, kind of mountain or whatever. Right. I think. So I feel like there's a lot of like going upstairs and stuff around. But I just... I don't remember like a stairwell scene and some of this was just that I wasn't looking for it as intently because I was at work and everything. Yeah. But so I just put a bunch of question marks because I am positive there's stairs. I don't want to do an F, but I don't remember. You don't remember how good they were. Yeah. Or like what they were even. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I watched Mission Impossible. Uh, you know, Not it's as good... good as Terminator 2. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I knew you're yeah. gonna be like, "What's a what's a good movie? What's a great movie?" And I, you were expecting me to cut in then and say Terminator Two, and I just had to do it early. <laughs> I was about to say, well, you know, it's a great movie, Mission Impossible. I wasn't oh. gonna, I, I was not throwing to you, but you still expected <laughs> when you were talking about this for me to bring up Terminator Two. Sure, I kind of forgot about it, but now that you say it, I'm like, "Oh, right, that is a thing." <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, Molly and I just hung out and watched Mission Impossible. That movie's fucking good. Um, that movie was really nice to watch after Moonraker. I was like, oh, this is why people like this genre of movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that the one with the? Because I don't remember specific Mission Impossibles at this point. Is that the one with the the gum where if it goes together? Yeah, yeah. And then he like puts it on the. Is yeah. that a train or something? There's a helicopter yeah. trailing behind the train. Mm. I remember a train was involved. Yes. Yeah. And he puts it on the glass of the helicopter. Anyway, um, 
That movie's just a blast. Like, I thought it wasn't going to work for me because I've seen so many parodies of it, so many, like, riffs on it. Um, it is a movie that is, like, all over pop culture. But despite that, I think it just absolutely worked for me on every level. Um, fantastic time watching that movie. Yeah. Kind of nothing to say about <laughs> it. It's Mission Impossible. That's it. Um, I, I gave it's it... It's a good action movie. Yeah. I gave it an I mean, it's plus. no Terminator 2. It didn't revolutionize <laughs> the way that people think about how, like, the human body can be manipulated through the use of computers in a way that just, like, a film hadn't done before. Just, like, made the human body malleable in a way that none of us had seen on screen before. Uh, but then you younger generations, you grew up in a world where Terminator 2 had changed everything, and so you don't realize what it did. All I'm saying is... <laughs> Mission Impossible, not as good as Terminator 1. <laughs> no. That shit's real. Reverse. That could happen. Best Terminator 2, then Mission Impossible, and then Terminator. Man, Terminator's so good. It's not Terminator 2. <laughs> it's Or so Mission good. Impossible. <laughs> um, I gave Mission Impossible an A-plus for stairs. I forgot this was Brian De Palma. Yeah. Because I always think of the John Woo stuff later. The John Woo one is the second one. Yeah. Did he do two eventually? I think he just did one. Two two movies, not... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, believe he only did the second film in the Mission Impossible franchise. You keep talking about the series um, that you're rating. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It just... There's just a couple good ones. The ones that really stand out is very early on. There's, like, a big, like, gallery that has... um many different um stairwells in it that looks very nice but there's a couple others throughout the movie that uh really worked for me so i uh a classic of like i could have given it an s maybe but um decided not to because um words could have given an s decided not to because um we did not watch it together, and so I was like, ah, I don't feel so strong about this that I want to, like, you know, give it that. Yeah. Um, oh, this is just showing the number. Yeah. Which ones they directed. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So, John Woo only directed the second film. I figured it out. <laughs> Listener, it was only one. Yeah. It was only two. <laughs> it was only Mission Impossible 2 which is one film yes <laughs> um, you want me to talk about my next thing yeah go talk about your next thing so the other thing I watched in my trying to watch more musicals and trying to like you know just get into this more um, was I watched uh, Hedwig and then in the Angry Inch mm -hmm. or Hedwig mm -hmm. the German characters say Hedwig in the movie, so Harry then, Potter taught us all that it's Hedwig. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is another musical, uh, and was absolutely fucking incredible. Um, I really loved it. I loved the the use of music for it, where it would sort of break in, um, especially early on. Like it, a lot of it sometimes is couched in like. Oh, here is them doing a concert or something, mm -hmm. you know, but all of the concerts that the band is doing, um, aside from, I think the first one, which is like before they start traveling, I think, um, I think there's like one that's kind of in more of a normal bar, like it would exist in, in, uh, wherever. And then they're traveling the U S and it's just like, uh, they're playing in like a long John Silver's by the salad bar <laughs> vibes for a lot of it. It's just like, they're like in some weird place in the Midwest at like a nail salon <laughs> and just playing in a way that's like kind of weird and, and out of place for like, it's like injecting a certain amount of that musical, like people just start singing quality, but it feels more couched as like, this is a concert they're just doing in a weird spot. Right. Um, but then as it goes on, there's just more and more stuff that's like kind of just, oh, here's a memory and people burst into song or whatever. 
Um, it becomes more of just like the way that musicals often will just have people suddenly burst into music. Right. Um, but really, I think part of it was, uh, so I, w- I was enjoying it. Um, the main character, um, Hedvig, she was in B- East Berlin, um, I believe, and her like mom was trying to get her out. Um, also, she was Hansel at the time. Um, a weird ambiguity with this that I think some of it is just like, we talk about this when we talk about stuff like um, Lou Reed and Transformers. Right. Or Transformer, the, you know, we did the hot singles on and everything, but like, this is definitely pulling from Lou Reed in the musical styles. Um, and also in that, like, the main character is maybe just a gay boy. Uh-huh. But in trying to escape from East Berlin, the, like, soldier or whatever who starts sleeping with Hansel um, and the mom are like, oh, you should get surgery so that you can marry him and here in East Berlin they'll have to do an inspection but then you'll have like a sex change operation so you'll have a pussy basically. Okay. Um, And then you can marry him and then get out of here and go to the US. Um, And so goes through this like procedure uh it's botched and is left with like an inch so Uh that's the angry inch is the like one inch of penis left i guess (laughs) um but so a lot of it is the stuff that's like on one hand would just be very problematic i think from like modern perspective and this is this is like what 2001 but that was still 20 years ago is still significantly different for the way people talked about these things and conceived of them yeah but also some of it is just operating in that space of like the distinction between a trans woman and a drag queen was like minimal at best. Yeah. For large portions of drag existing. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's kind of existing in, the, in that as well. Um, but so it's like jumping back and forth through time where she's like basically telling stories about her childhood and various things. And you're sort of seeing them often with musical numbers accompanying it. Um, and sort of fantastical images sometimes. Um, and then, is basically like telling her story as she's going on tour. Um, and she gets to the U S she's like, um, abandoned by the soldier Mm. essentially. Uh, he just like, doesn't want her anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and goes around and eventually falls in love with this, like just the dweebiest, like Christian rock guy, basically. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the the character's name, um, or the the actor's name, but he plays like he's the kind of person who can be kind of hot, but also he was like from Dawson's Creek or something, but also can sometimes just feel like a total dweeb. Um, <laughs> and in this, he's just like full dweeb, and he eventually like basically stole her music that she was writing and has been releasing it. Um, and getting a lot more attention that she feels like she deserves. And then the big part where I just like fell in love with this movie is there's this big final, um, musical number. That's like the last like 10 minutes at least of the film. Um, and it just like is getting wild music's like you're getting tons of, uh, guitar feedback stuff. Um, and then she's just like ripping off her clothes on stage and things, and then basically like transforming her image into the the Christian boy. Huh. Um, and then it becomes ambiguous. You see like naked figure walking in a street at night, like in an alleyway, right. and you don't even know if it's Hedwig or the the Christian boy who's like this ex. Mm-hmm. She's been, and that was just the part where I was just like, okay, this is. Like, I just have punk roots, and I just need, like, wild queer transformation sequence set to just, like, feedback guitars for it to, like, have the emotional impact that I am not going to get from just, like, yeah, Dancing Queen's a fun song. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's basically where I'm at. So, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm looking up this actor right now. Michael Pitt, that's his name. You know this guy? Maybe. Um, I know that face from somewhere. Yeah. 
he plays a character in the 2017 Ghost in the Shell movie. Oh, yeah, that classic. Who I think is Kuze? <laughs> Who I've explained to you from Second Game? Anyway, uh, that's what I... I looked him up while I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was reminded of that movie again. Um, anyway, you have two last things to talk about. I do. Um, oh, um, I don't think there are any stairs in Hedvig, because it's a lot of like stages and stuff. Yeah. So, F, but with a question mark. Oh. Uh, <sighs> My next movie, um, for Nora's, uh, for Nora's birthday... <laughs> She let me pick a movie, but she would only tell me the year, not the title. And so I picked 1976, and we ended up watching The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, I'm kind of surprised you haven't watched this movie before. Just because right? it's like a big David Bowie movie. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, Nora did not much care for it. I, I particularly liked it. Um, definitely... Um, a movie that I like better thinking about than ha- watching it. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it is too long um, for what it is, um, how slight it is. Uh, but and the plot is too thin. Um, but none of that matters because you're just looking at cool images. Yeah, none of that matters because it's just about images and vibes and you know feelings. Yeah, it's one of the most extreme movies. Are just. Images one after another, sometimes accompanied by sound. Yeah. Movies um, that exist. I had a thought about this movie, which was just that it's like... It it kind of reminds me of, like, 50 sci-fi movies a little bit. Yeah, it's like pulling from some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, like, with like the even t- the title has that vibe. Yeah, but with the tone and the weirdness... Of a movie from 1976, you know, mm-hmm. um, just some like visual like stuff from like, like golden age sci-fi stuff. Anyway, that's my most interesting thought about that movie. Maybe <laughs> I mostly just thought it was like a fun visual thing to happen. I don't know that I'm ever going to watch it again, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as stairs, I gave it a C minus. There are some stairs that show up in a couple scenes, um, and I like that the, you have the recurring stairs, but they're not that exciting, you know. Yeah. Um. And then, um, other movie I watched, um, was called Desert Hearts. Um, it is a 1985 film directed by Donna Deitch. Um, it is. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. I assume that's German, yeah. but I don't know. Um, <clears throat> pitched by Criterion and Wikipedia. I don't know how much I believe this, but pitched by Criterion and Wikipedia has like the first major American, like, or the first like American production that got wide distribution that sort of positively depicts a le- lesbian relationship. Um, that is like, I don't know. That's why this movie is, you know, remembered today. Um, cause like, I'm, I, I don't have any way of proving that claim wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought the movie was phenomenal. Who cares about like representation? What I care about is that, um, it is a really, really good love story. Um, yeah. I thought the two lead actresses were phenomenal in that movie. Um, and I thought the sort of like, dynamic that is set up between them and the like push and pull that the experience is like really interesting. I like that. Um, it is a movie from 1985. And so is like going to show these two women falling for each other. And it is going to like, it is going to like depict those two having a relationship despite all the challenges, but it is not ignoring also the challenges of, you know, being a gay couple in Reno, Nevada in 1985, you know, um, like it does not pretend to homophobia doesn't exist, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just really liked it. Um, uh, 
I was telling you, like, we should just watch that. Um, yeah. I just think it's like, also, it's like a 90 minute movie. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Sure. Yeah. It's also just like, you know, very much made for me. It's got a lot of lesbians driving around in the Nevada desert. Yeah. It's kind of a road movie, isn't it? You love road Kind movies. of a little bit. Okay. It's all in one town, but there are a couple key scenes of like, let's just go driving. You yeah. know, I feel like the images that I have seen from it that like, because <clears throat> I haven't, I don't think I've seen this movie before. Who knows? Maybe Who knows? we'll watch it and I'll be like, oh, I have. I wouldn't um, be surprised. But I may have like around the time I also watched like, um, show me love would be the, mm-hmm. the US. I was going to say fucking them all, which is the, the Swedish title. But <clears throat> there's like a period where I watched some of the like big classics of like lesbian movies. Uh-huh. So I could have watched it then. Who knows? But the enduring image that I have is, like, the girls in the car. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they spend most of the movie in this one town, but there are a lot of, like, you know, scenes of driving, scenes of the desert. Um, yeah. That, um, uh, yum, yum, yum. That's my shit. I love that. Um, you just love people driving through the desert. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I just really liked that movie. Um... I wanted to say F for stairs, but I recall there's a couple small little things that might get them up to a D. Anyway, if we decide to watch this, because, yeah, like I say, it's only 90 minutes, so we could find time somewhere to watch it, I bet. Um, If we watch it, we can reassess and maybe, like, you know, lock that in. Yeah. Um, Should we get to the main movie? I guess so. We're going so long. <laughs> it's working. Um, So we watched Taste of Tea. Speaking um, of movies that are kind of a little too long and are mostly just vibes. Yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of vibes happening here. Um, there's definitely some places you could trim. 
I wouldn't want to trim anything. I just maybe like if I was going to watch this movie again, I would put it on um, and like watch an hour and then get up and go do my dishes and watch another hour and get up and like pick up like the trash around the house or something, you know? Yeah. Like I would I would make this movie part of my day, you know, Yeah. because it is. A little too long and boring to like be locked in on. Um, anyway, do you want to introduce like what this movie is? Um, yeah, so this is a film by the director Ishii Katsuhito. Um, it is a movie that I've shown to, to many people, and some people think that it's like just really deep and is just doing so much. Um, and it's just like very interesting and a lot to think about. And then other people, and these tend to be people who have watched more Japanese cinema, think it's funny. Yeah. Because what I think that it is, is just like a parody mm-hmm. of the kind of Japanese art films that I watch all the time. Yeah. I would agree with this assessment. Yeah. Um, I didn't really... I. You asked me what I knew before we watched the movie, and I was like, I think you told me it was a dark comedy. It's not a dark comedy. It is a comedy, but it is not a dark comedy. There's a few things that are a little dark, but... So, like, I think I was in the... um, Maybe I was in the right headspace to receive, like, what the movie was doing, but I think it is just, like, very clear, very early that this movie's going to be very funny. Yeah. I think about the scene where he takes a shit on the giant egg <laughs> and then it's actually a Yakuza skull and then a ghost Yakuza is following him around with shit on his head and just like bleeding until eventually the cops take it off while he does the backflip on the horizontal bars Yeah, and so, release him. Um, as far as summary goes, I'm we're not going to do that. I'll, I'll give, like, a very brief, just so people who are listening who haven't seen it have an idea of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it mostly focuses in on uh, family, the Haranos, um, and you're just kind of getting vignettes from their lives, and sometimes right. they intersect, and but they all kind of have their own thing going on. Sometimes so. they, like, one vignette connects to the next vignette from that same character, but not always. Yeah. You know? Um, but I would say, like, the broad strokes, what's happening. Uh, the father, whose name is no uh, Nobuo, mm-hmm. um, he is, like, a hypnotist. We don't see the most that much of him. No. We sometimes, we see him more interacting with, the, like, kids and stuff sometimes. Yeah. But otherwise, sometimes it's just, like, a funny scene of him. And it's still usually him interacting where, like, his wife calls him up. And he's on the phone while he's, like, hypnotizing a patient. Right. Um, Then there's Yoshiko, who is the mother. Um, And as it goes on, for a lot of the beginning of the movie, you just kind of see her drawing. And you're not quite sure what she's doing. She's, like, just, like, working. Um, But essentially... It seems like what's happening is that she was an animator. She, like, uh, stopped working when she had kids. Right. And now the kids are getting old enough that she thinks maybe I can actually start going back to work and being an animator again. So she's working on it. And then towards the end, you, like, see them play what she's been doing. And the director, who's played by Hideaki Anno, <laughs> um, thinks it's great and gives her flowers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just like this hopeful, like, oh, I really loved doing this. And now I can kind of, now that I've like gotten my kids to a point where I, I feel like I've gotten them, you know, yeah. I don't have to be around all the time to look after them. Um, I can go back to work and I can do this other thing that I love. Um, then uh, the son is Hajime. Uh, the girl that he really likes leaves to move or something yeah he's on a train and he's running after her and then like the train leaves his brain Mm. um as the like enduring first image a lot of people remember from this movie but luckily there's another girl yes but he follows her another girl she likes to go he plays go sometimes with his uncle um and so he decides to join the go club to like get closer to her basically and it works um and it works and they're playing and fundamentally most of the stuff just works out for people yeah in this movie yeah it's not a movie where like bad things happen to the people really no um 
then, uh, oh, I didn't mention Sachiko, who's the daughter, who's being followed around by a giant doppelganger of herself. Yep. Who's like kind of, you know, just a giant ghostly head that it'll just be like in the ground. Yeah. And looking at her and stuff. It's just done with like house style composite effects, basically. And she has to, um, and she hears the story from the uncle about the poop, the Yakuza poop that I mentioned earlier. Uh huh. And she concludes to get rid of the doppelganger. She also has to do the backflip on the horizontal bars. Right. So she's just like training to do it through most of the movie. Um, and I mean, just like hanging out around the house and, and seeing yeah. people. Um, the uh, uncle, um, Ayano. I don't, don't know see, what his deal is. He's mo. He is also like a smaller character, like the dad. The one thing is that there's like a few moments of him like trying to get over the this breakup he had with a girl or something. Yeah, there's like sort of an awkward conversation they have and stuff. Um, it is maybe a little bit like the saddest in that like it doesn't really go anywhere other than him hopefully like finding some closure with that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grandpa. Uh, who I don't think they ever say his name, but is apparently named Akira. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, I thought, I thought the, the dad of the mom. Uh, yeah, he has a different I think last so. name, but there is a part where he like draws the dad as a kid. Yeah. But anyway, he's just kind of hanging around being a goof, um, playing with Sachiko in the way that like a loving grandfather does. Yep. Um, is doing some secret work in his like little shack or whatever that he has. It's like his space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also helping out his uh, friend who is, I forget the name of this character, but is like a mangaka mm-hmm. uh, who's like a friend of the family, basically, um, is helping that guy <coughs> do this song and rips the uncle into it. Um, <coughs> that is the probably what i'm gonna play at the beginning of this episode yes very cute yeah very cute little musical Um, number they do and then towards the end of the movie he dies Mm -hmm. um presumably just kind of of old age um (coughs) and (coughs) pardon me yeah and um they finally go into a shack and they see all the, you know, stuff in there and find that he'd been working on these like, um, oil pastel, I think. Yeah. Kind of drawings that, uh, the mom figures out because she's an animator. Oh, these are flip books. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the mom walking, which is a thing that we see him. I think we see him witness a number of these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the mom walking, the son riding a bike, the daughter doing the flip, which mm-hmm. she hadn't before. And she like figures out from the drawing what she needs to do to actually do the flip is what it seems like. Right. Um, and the father as a kid riding or as a kid running a relay race. Um, and they're these charming little flip animations. Yeah. Um, and then Sachiko does the flip on horizontal bars and then a giant sunflower expands out of the ground where her, the body of her (laughs) doppelganger once was and engulfs all of the known solar system. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone dies. But they don't. But then they don't. Yeah. It was just a dream or something. Who cares? Who knows? Um. Um, and yeah, the, what I said probably doesn't sound super funny as a comedy. But there's a lot of funny moments. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of funny scenes. There's just, like, a funny musical number, or there's, like, you know, a lot of... Like, one of the first times... I think we get the first doppelganger while the daughter's just, like, sitting at the home, and it's just kind of in the grass. But then we get a cut to school, and the doppelgangers, like, followed her to school. Yes. And it's, like, the morning assembly, and the... The like principal is just doing this like kind of vaguely fash like yeah <laughs> extreme like speech that's like his own poetry mixed in and stuff, <laughs> um, and some of it is just like that kind of humor of like oh there's just all these kids standing while this like principal is just going off on one, <laughs> um, and you're just getting like the overly flowery poetic language that you might expect in like an art film. But it's just stupid and, like, weird that all of these kids are just standing having to listen to it, you know? This movie is, like, what if Nichijou was, like, 20% more? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Ni- Nietzsche Joe turns up the volume on this movie, to be clear. Not yeah. this movie is not crazier than Nietzsche Joe. Yeah. Nietzsche Joe gets wild. Yeah. Um I think this is a little bit more toned down, and I think some of it yeah. is that it's it's trying to, at least in my reading, do the kind of art film stuff, but kind of just do it in a way where like the extremely long pauses become part of the joke. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. I think there's a way to like watch this movie and be like, oh, you know, this is what life really is. This is these are just vignettes of characters just living how life really is. And there's like surreal elements to like augment the things that are happening. I understand how you get there. And I think that is a little bit of what the movie's doing, but I think most of what the movie's doing is trying to make you laugh. You yeah. know? Um um, and specifically using the like material of other films where the whole point of it is supposed to be, you know, like the title of this is kind of a cliche. Yeah. Like the taste of tea is this whole thing with like the tea ceremony or whatever, where you're supposed to like, you get pour. there's the whole ceremony of making the tea and then you pour the tea and then you're supposed to admire the color of the tea and the appearance of right. it in the cup. And then you're supposed to drink it and like think about the taste of it. Yeah. Um, and it's this kind of like overly formal stuffy thing about like trying to just appreciate the like mundanity of life and the little pleasures that exist in it. And, and that's this like film what the is fundamentally doing. about it, but is also like, I think self-conscious of like, this is kind of a rote cliche story. And so uh. we are making it fun and funny by kind of, being like this is a this is a whole like way that Japanese filmmakers make movies about like the importance of life that is just all steeped in this and we're we're doing it too and we have no qualms about just doing the feel good thing at the end. Yeah. Where you like get the thing with the grandpa and then she does the flip and then you know, but it is always like self aware. Of yes. what it is and yes. having fun with it and kind of poking fun at it of like, yes, when she does it and has the big like climactic moment, we're going to represent it by what might originate in some of these other films of like, oh, and then this like sunflower blooms or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But instead another... it just like blooms so much that it engulfs <laughs> the entire solar system. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> we're just, there was some brief moment where I thought this movie was going to end with everybody dies. The world is consumed by sunflower. The yeah. end. I thought credits were going to roll. <laughs> well, basically like that happens. And then you just see everyone like appreciating the sunset and then credits yeah. roll. Over sunset. Yeah. Uh, so it basically does is just everyone doesn't die. But they do all get swallowed by the the sunflower that makes you happy about sunsets, I guess. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> um but it's like so intentionally playing with um just a lot of hallmarks of like right. Japanese storytelling. Like the cherry blossoms feature in this in a way that is like very aware of the the tropes and cliches around cherry blossoms. Right. Like it is, oh, we're going to do the cherry blossoms because we're going to try to like evoke images of national pride. You know? Yeah. Um and also just like the because there's all these associations with the cherry blossoms because they basically like bloom and then very quickly fall off and die. And so the cherry blossoms are this representation of like the fleeting nature of life. And, you know, um, so quickly, like the cherry blossoms bloom and then fall. And it's such a short lifespan that it has on the tree. Um, but also the most beautiful part of cherry blossom season is when they are all falling, not when they are all on the tree. Right. And so the death is in fact like the most beautiful part of the cherry blossom. So it's this whole Buddhist thing around like uh-huh. the impermanence of everything. And that like the impermanence, the fleeting nature of it is like where beauty comes from right? or whatever. Um, and movies like overdo this. Well, like movies like Hanabi will do this. We'll yeah. include it as an image. Yeah. But this is just, it's aware that it is a thing and it's just going to put it in there because, oh, his like love left. And so he's going to, you know, stand in the cherry blossoms as they fall. Yeah. 
the 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 one that I thought about was as the principal is giving the like weird kind of fash speech, you get the cherry blossoms falling. That's what yeah. I was thinking about of like, oh, we're gonna kind of poke fun at like this guy is so Japanese that the yeah, <laughs> or this guy is so proud of his country. I should try to try to say um, that the cherry blossoms are falling as he talks. Yeah. Um. But um, I just this is a thing where. Like, this might just be a short episode, because I fucking love this movie, but it's just funny. Yeah, there's not really a lot to, like, dig into when you talk about a comedy. I'm not going to go tell you, this joke was really funny because of blah, blah, blah. And then that joke, I don't even remember half the jokes. It's a two and a half hour movie. (laughs) Yeah. Although a lot of them are just, like, images of the mountain in the distance. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But it is one of those, like, part of why I just wanted us to do it and watch it on the podcast and things is that I just think that people who, like, watch as many Japanese movies as I do and have subjected people to through this podcast Uh will appreciate. Yeah. Which is what this movie is doing. If you will genuine, if you genuinely enjoy House or Pastoral. You should yeah. watch this movie to like kind of poke fun at yourself a little bit, but also I haven't seen um, Drive My Car. Uh huh. But also, like, if Drive My Car is one of your favorite movies, yeah, like, watch this. Yeah, because it's kind of just having fun with like this being a thing that people think is like super, and it's. I don't think it's like fully saying like it's stupid to think that this is meaningful. No, it's just having fun with the form. Yeah. And I think he's, like, also aware in it that, like, meaning gets bestowed into these things. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the part that's always the most touching for me is the flip books. Uh, just because it has this, like, actual imbuement of, like, oh, you're making something that is, like, connecting with the other people. Yeah. Um, this movie is, like, I think very intentional about being about the act of, like, trying to make different types of art. Because most of the family, I mean, the, uh, you know, the father being retired animator, the daughter being an animator, right. um, the mangaka um, friend, the uncle does music stuff, which didn't really come up, but he's like, does sound mixing and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the kids are more in like a state of play, but it's still like go and. Yeah. You know, doing the flip and stuff. It's, it's fun how much of this movie is about just like playing games you know yeah um you get the like the one kid playing go you get um sachiko and the grandpa playing like hide or peekaboo kind of um you get um i don't know all these moments of like people around the home just like playing and having fun and like yeah being silly the uncle like befriends some interpretive dancer guy and the or interpreter yeah. dan- interpretive dancer guy just lives there for a little bit it seems like yeah um also the other the... part that i love about this movie well, you can finish because i'm gonna talk about another thing i just enjoy the dad doing hypnotism on the uncle the interpretive dancer and the mom and yeah. just being and now i'm gonna go watch tv well, I think, like, hypnot Because not everyone's susceptible, so I think it's, like, these ones get yeah. hypnotized, the other ones don't. But, yeah, then he's just, like, we're just going to watch TV. They can only hear and, like, understand my normal voice. And so I'm going to, like, hold my nose. <laughs> and we're just going to watch TV for a while. <laughs> um, the other thing that I think is really funny in this is that there is, a, like, Yakuza subplot going on. Yeah, there's, like, some Yakuza that just show up periodically. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, they show up, like, a few times that the uncle sees, like, a, a guy who's, like, hitting baseballs and can hit them super hard. Um, and then, like, the Yakuza come and recruit him. Mm-hmm. And then, the, like, uh, dad and son are on the train and they see some I still I've, I've watched this movie many times I don't know if they're supposed to be actually working on a to- tokusatsu or if they are just like oh, cosplayers right. and whatever you know because there's also a part where it's like this could be a small model that they're doing to try and animate something for the yeah the tokusatsu or it just could be them taking pictures of their gunplay basically <laughs> um, but you know they're on like a, the train home um 
And then, like, this Yakuza guy starts beating them up, but then gets torn off by the other Yakuza guys. And then we, like, see him getting buried. And then the, like, tokusatsu cosplay guys... Um, save him. Save the man who was beating them up on the train. Yeah. Um, who got buried alive, but was able to dig him his uh, head out with a, a branch that he found, like a s- stick that he found. <clears throat> um... But yeah, just like there is also just this like yeah, one of the other types of these like art movies now uh-huh. is like the Yakuza movie. Yeah, but we're not just gonna like have the dad be a Yakuza or something. That would be too, too boring. Much, well, it'd just be like too much. I feel like tonal whiplash with some of the rest yeah, of what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely. Um, and so they just have like this weird subplot where you're just seeing Yakuza guys do stuff in the background. Yeah. Um. It really feels like everything in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where it cuts away to like the police are just like following them. It feels like that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. That might be everything about this movie. Honestly, <laughs> we're not even gonna go an hour. Weird. We didn't even ask for like emails. We didn't ask for emails. We fucked up. Yeah. I said everything I had to say. Yeah, shrug. How were the stairs? I don't think there. Were, I, I don't, don't think there were any stairs. Yeah, I think the I think the like two steps that existed are the two little steps up into the family home. We're gonna lose subscriber because we did such a short episode. Yeah. If you want to email us. You can always email us. Uh, put ornate stairwells in the subject line. Export audio podcast at gmail.com. You could email us about our next movie, or you could just email us about anything movie related. We love answering just general movie questions. Um, we've been forgetting to put out the call for emails, so yeah, please, if you just think of us in the middle of the week and you th- have something you want to ask, hit us up. Yeah. If you just watched the movie because we said that we were going to do it, and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. If you, if we already did the episode and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then you watch the movie and then you're like, I have a question. Yeah. Really to that. Just send it in. Yeah. We're not going to like not take it because we already did the episode. Right. Exactly. If you're listening to this in the free feed and you're like, oh, I didn't know they were going to do Taste of Tea because don't get it a week early. One, it's just a dollar. But two, (laughs) (laughs) you can still send us in questions about it. Where can people find you online? People can find me at Fox on the This feels so weird. I know. <laughs> you can find me at Fox on on Twitter, and I guess also co-host, and I guess also Letterboxd. I never say that, but yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I watch and I rate everything. I very rarely write reviews. Same. Sometimes if I have a funny joke in my head. Yeah, usually it's a joke thing. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. You can go to exportaud.io to get the Patreon page for all the podcasts that we do. Or you can um, <clears throat> give us a dollar. Blah, blah, blah. Patreon. We have links to all the podcasts we do in the free feeds. We have for $1 a month, you can get access to most of the work that we do early all in one feed. Or for $5 a month, you get Pop Town Funk, a very silly podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you get that bonus episode we did. Yeah. I'm not going to promo that forever, but it was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a really good episode. Um, if you give us a dollar, you, you get um, a pretty good upcoming episode of Hot Singles, I think. So it should be coming out a day or two after this. Yeah. So... Um, Go listen to Ghost Divers. Yeah. Um, just put out, when you're listening to this, uh, the Friday before, I guess. Unless you're listening to the free feed, in which two Fridays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out the first discussion episode for Bacchano, where I'm like, there's a lot going on here. I'm not sure what they're doing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the second discussion episode of it, my opinion on the show uh, has solidified into this show is just fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I've been doing a thing with 
uh, the intro music for Bacchano, like the intros for the anime, there's a part where sometimes it will fall away and you'll basically see like last time on clips, but it's not just like the last episode. It's like pulling from various episodes, but it'll somehow relate to what was talked about in that discussion episode. Right. Um, and I just, uh, last night I didn't finish editing all of the second discussion episode, but I did put together that little bit and I laughed really hard about <laughs> just speculations I made in the first one. Yeah. Uh, and then the way that they get paid off in the second one. So yeah. that's my little, uh, teaser to get people to listen to that. Yeah. And then we're currently recording the, um, serial experiments lane, but that'll come out after Bacchanal. Yeah. That'll be out in a little while. That'll be fun. Yeah. And I guess this month, Pondering Pluton's starting. Heck yeah. It's like the end of the month. Is that everything? I think so. This is so weird. uh, Do you just like have some other movie shit to talk about? No, I'm sleepy is the thing is that I worked early this morning and I'm just sleepy. Em and I were talking about like maybe recording a thing where we just bullshit about movies for a bit. You want to just like call up at... (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. We could maybe, like, you know, Monday I could call you and be like, hey, do you want to bullshit about movies for 30 minutes? Okay. I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that. You listener know by now if we did that or not. But, yeah, I just got nothing tonight, and I, I apologize, but I'm sleepy, and so I'm not going to pull a bunch of stuff out of my ass. That's fine. We did a two and a half hour episode I got a COVID booster shot yesterday, so I could probably use some sleep, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Okay. Bill Lugosi's dead. Okokoro is real. Okokoro is real.
Thank <laughs> you. 